Good afternoon. This is Randy Brunson with Centurion Advisory Group on the podcast Stewarding Family Wealth. In the studio today, we have with us Drew Gilbreth of Sutter McClellan and Gilbreth Insurance Agency. Drew, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And then also we have in the studio Cole Porter with Porter Steel. Cole, glad you're here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is our second episode. In the first episode, we talked for a while just about your business and what you We ended up focusing on employees. How do you hire well, train well, make the right fit? When you're an employer, an owner, responsible for a team, that's always a topic of conversation, right? How do you get the great people, serve them well, treat them well, help them do well? Uh, hire them well, those kind of things. So we spent some time there. Both of you, though, are second-generation owners. And, Drew, you, I think you shared with us in the first episode, you started working with your dad, or you were around around the agency. Agency predates you. Correct. And so you grew up with it. You worked there in high school, what, filing papers? Filing papers, absolutely. Learning how it worked, what the office looked like, uh, who the people were, those kind of things. Porter Steel is a custom steel manufacturer. Yeah, steel fabricator and erector. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> so you say that so much better than I do. But you also worked uh, for your dad both in the shop and in the office? Sure, yeah. In high school, I was working in the rail shop, grinding rails, and kind of learning how the fabrication process worked, and then uh, did some ad- administrative work uh, after college or during college, and then after that was project management and senior management. You learned to weld? Uh, I mean, I, I know how to weld, but not, uh, not definitely not certified, and I wouldn't uh, put a beam up that I'd welded. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. A, a, a cousin, of, a cousin of mine, a cousin of mine owns a uh, a custom fab shop, and they make pressure vessels for the natural gas industry. Mm, yeah. And you know, they have external engineers that come in and certify them to to code to standard. Right. Right. My cousin's name is Jody, and and he's a bit younger than I am, but he's a welder. Not, not by training profession, but he's absolutely mastered and has a certification because those pressure vessels have to have, there's some... They're ultrasound. I think they're, the welds are ultrasound. That's right. They yeah. come in with <laughs> ultrasound machines to make sure those welds are just so because these they ship these to natural gas wellheads and pressurized and, uh, Drew, you know the liability there. Yeah, you can't make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't make a mistake. So I've just heard Jody talk about the welding and crawling up inside these huge vessels and welding, and he doesn't care for it, but he knows how to do it. So, that, yeah, that's a very particular kind of thing. So this episode, let's talk about the transition. So, Drew, your dad started uh, what is now SMG Insurance in 77, which is almost 45 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so he was in his 30s, I suppose, something like that sounds like late 30s yeah yeah his 30s young family starts the business you grew up in it all right and then over the last 15 years the ownership and management responsibilities have come to you and your partner correct talk about um just what are your observations about your dad's operating style management style business building style what did you see there let's start there well, he, my, my father, when he merged with Sutter, McClellan, and Gilbert, he picked up a partner uh, who was the operations manager. Okay. And they kind of had the, uh, a yin and yang to them as far as he was the leader of the sales team, and she led the operations of it. Okay. Um, when she retired in, in 14, I slid into her role and started to, to kind of, as, as much as I'm like my father, started to be able to stand you know eye to eye with him and realize where he was going and where we might need to go 
somewhere else, take a take a different turn. Um, sales is sales is great when you're a um, sales is always great, I should say. But uh, as we grew, it got to the point where we had to really make sure we were transferring responsibilities, um, seeking out more efficient ways to do things. Uh, when you know, business is very different when you're ten employees than when you're thirty five. Right. And those are things where I had to kind of step back and, you know, away from, I guess, my natural programming, because he and I are very similar. Okay. And just kind of see, okay, maybe maybe this is where we need to go. This is, you know, take a different approach as opposed to let's just go sell something and that'll make everything all right. Yeah, that, that, that solution, let's just go sell something and then it'll all work out. Let's go create the sales mess and then figure it out after, after the fact. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, so, so your dad did sales and then when he merged there in 92, then he had a, a, an operations person to come along do the inside operations component. But when you stepped in seven or eight, eight years ago now, uh, did I hear you say, or maybe been reading between the lines about about 10 employees at that point? No, we were, no, we were still about 30. Okay. at that time okay yeah we we grew um the the largest the business had been was 42 employees in okay. 2008 and the great recession took us down into the 20s okay um we do a lot of construction insurance and mm-hmm. that was just not a good time to be doing construction insurance that's right so um we've built back up from there mm-hmm. and uh it's it's been an interesting transition i mean i've i don't think i'd be where i am without my father mm-hmm. um as far as a willing teacher he's excellent um he did have the tendency to look at me over his glasses like i was the dumbest person to ever walk in his office um but he was always willing to answer my questions you know always willing to help and a lot of people say well you work for your dad how hard can it be it's incredibly hard if you're worried about disappointment if you're worried about you know letting him down it's not a uh, silver spoon necessarily it's more of a uh just higher intensity, uh, higher intensity environment. Talk more about that because you you have an operations role and your business partner take his leads a sales team. Is that right? Correct. Okay, where your dad was a sales oversaw the sales teams and one of the other partners at that point um, when he merged oversaw the operations. But talk about that. What you were just talking about that difficulty of working with your dad and uh, expectations and all that. I mean, he uh, there wasn't really a difficulty as there much as a, a standard. Um, We talked in the first episode about culture and Mm -hmm. um, defining what we want in our mission statements Uh, that his generation is more so lead by example. I mean, his staff watched the way he operated with integrity and with with a a very high capacity to just keep going. I mean, he was always working, always moving us forward and now it's it's a little bit different in the sense that i do have to put these things on paper and communicate mission statements and goals and cultures and it's just a different environment altogether but working for him he was he was a great teacher that's the that's kind of the takeaway and he was patient um it wasn't um he wasn't really my boss um, if you will, I could right. walk in and I, I did not call him dad. Uh, that was something I said, why do you call your dad by his first name? I'm like, cause just so do you. So why would I call right. him daddy in the, in the office? That right. doesn't make any sense. Um, but you also have a little chip on your shoulder from that aspect of, yeah, it's not a silver spoon. It's, you know, I'm, I'm here cause I earned it. I'm here cause I'm, I'm going to do my, my best to be as good as I can for everybody, grow the place. 
and go from there. Were um, so the other the other employees, other team, are, are you the only second generation person at the agency? Yes. Okay. I'm just, just curious. I don't think I've ever ever asked you that before. Just happened to be curious. Oh no! Uh, excuse me. There, there is. There, we have we have one other employee. One of our sales. Uh, one of our sales agents is uh, second generation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, but what about what about the other employees? As you uh, certainly you were there during high school, but but in two thousand four you stepped in full time. Things like that. What about the other employees? Was was there some perception that you had been given this because you're the son or? Not necessarily. Um, I because I'd been there so long, and we brought in um, because it's my partner and I. Um, she's our our lead agent, mm-hmm. so it is not a. I'm 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 taking over because of who I am. It's, right, we're going to run this together. Right, and I wasn't going to do it without her. I mean, right. uh, she's she's taken us to great heights, and uh, the the staff as a whole, though, it was very different managing in 2014 when everyone was old enough to be my parent. Most of them, I mean, when I first started in '04, we had a couple ladies who could tell stories about me in diapers. And they would right in front of anyone and everyone. And, oh. and as a as a early twenties, that's embarrassing. Y- yeah, your ego gets checked at the door pretty quick. It, it was pretty bad. I'm and sorry. so you you have to kind of have some humility and build up to um, being someone's boss. Um, they've taught me everything I know in some regard. I mean, that's some of these people. Right. Some of our employees have been with us thirty plus years. You know, I manage them very differently than someone I ha- hired six months ago. It's a very different relationship because they've been loyal, they've been professional, they've done a great job, and you know, managing them is—I don't say you don't have to, but it's different. It's very different. And a number of those have retired over the last couple of years, but still, there are some there that that probably went to work for your dad or the Sutter McClellan. 30 or more years ago and Absolutely. Have, have known you since you were young, you know, elementary school, middle school, those, those kinds of things. So yeah, that those relationships then would be different than someone you've hired six months ago where, you know, you've been the owner and the manager since the day they met you. You know, that's, that's, that's a very different relationship. Any, any nuances that just come to mind that really just the, the, the demographic shift from, uh, I was naive enough when I came into management to think that oh, we have we have all these employees and they've all been here 20 years and they'll retire one by one and when they do I'll find one other person and they'll work here for 20 years and that that's not the way it works especially not today and so we've had to work very hard at being very good to our people to create that loyalty again and you also have to take a step back and look at wow my dad was doing this right you know this to have these people for this long with almost zero turnover is amazing he was he was doing either was it is part of it generational or i would think some of it has to be generational um but some of it is well and 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 a lot of it is they had a great group and they were settled um they got along very well very good culture and enjoyed it yeah. And up until everyone started retiring, it was uh, it was pretty. Uh, there were no openings, you know. It right. was uh, it was interesting. You know, you mentioned something about your dad, sort of just being the example. I'm, 
I myself have thought that I'm, I'm at a point in life where, you know, I, sometimes I, when I'm sitting in the morning with coffee and in silence, which is a, which I, I treasure because it's so rare. <laughs> you know, just just sit there in silence and, and reflect on life in the day and, and, and get prepared for the day. Um, I've thought to myself, you know, I wonder if I'm at a point with children, grandchildren, team members at the office, whatever the world, whatever my world looks like, right? Is is there really any in, any difference that I can make other than simply setting a good example? Here's how you handle your relationships. Here's how you handle your money. Here's how you handle your time. Here's whatever it is, you know, because what have we been given? Time, talent, treasure, you know, that, that mm-hmm. phrase. You know, how do you handle these things? And at some point, you know, just say the word. Just set a good example. I've, I've you know, I don't know the answer to that question, but it was interesting to hear you say that about your dad, you know. So, I don't know. Cole, talk to us. Um, you stepped into poor steel. Um You've worked there off and on, but you stepped in full time in 2017. That's right. So right at five years now, mm-hmm. and you've worked in a number of different. You've filled almost all the roles. A lot of them. Right. And when you came back in 2017, what role did you step into at that point? So I, I was a project manager um, at that time, and um, about two years prior to that, I had um, I left Porter Steel as a project manager, and part of that was that. Uh, my dad was still working and you know going back to some of the things that drew said it's always been very difficult in our family to separate business from family and so um, and like when I said the last episode about Porter still being my bigger brother like it always was so it's always you know my dad and I have had very few conversations in life that didn't in some way reflect or involve the business in in some way now that's not true We've, we've had personal conversations but um, but a lot of our life is centered around our relationship uh, as it relates to the business. And so um, that was really difficult, especially with him being there every day, me being there every day. And so for the health of our relationship, that's when I was like, well, I'm going to step aside for a little while. Uh, and then when he retired, that's when I came back because uh, it's a lot different, you know, him being the owner and being semi-retired away from here, uh, not in the day to day so that we can kind of be our own people and not have to um, butt heads so much, I guess. Um, and I don't know that it's, it's necessarily butting heads, but it was just more, you know, it's hard to have your dad right down the hall from you, and especially if you guys don't have a super delineated, um, like we're, we're at business now and then we'll, we're at family later. Um, so that was difficult. But, um, yeah, so when I came back in 2017, he had been retired from the day-to-day, and so it was much easier for me to be able to work and um, – and and do the things and prioritize and and go after the goals that i had um but there is some of that where people you know you have to fight against that too the silver spoon aspect where people think oh well you're only here because you know your family um and i think that it's just a matter of time that you have to prove yourself and prove that your your intentions are pure and that you um that you bring skill to the table that you you do deserve the position you're in um, and then from there, after the promotions, I think were were evident that they were, you know, the right thing to do at that point. Uh, after I'd kind of earned the respect of the people that were current, but we have a lot of employees that have been there for over 30 years. So uh, my dad's first employee is still our, an employee. So, um, so it's weird. You know, one one of our lead men in the field, who's a, a great erector, he knew me when I was born. So uh, it's hard to make policies that directly affect him or to tell him how to do things or what he should do when he literally saw me. Um, you know, 
in a diaper or in a uh, stroller, you know. So, right. Somebody uh, somebody referred to that one time as a diapered butt syndrome, and it's sort of like as your parents as your parents age because both of my parents are gone now. I mean, Teresa, my wife's name is Teresa. And between us, we have one parent living, one parent remaining, and it's her mom. And you know, she lives with us. And uh, but right when you're, um, you know, mom, I think it's time to move you from home we need to move you into care just it's too demanding on dad and you know being the oldest son i was elected to have some of these you know i was the one that i was the heavy and my sister's a nurse so she could take care of that component but yeah it's it's different when yeah when that that doctor butt syndrome your opinion doesn't count right or something but you've overcome that um just by your work there and like you said your approach with people your relationships so you've been able to move beyond that thing where you're you're here just because you're you're the Son, right, 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 yeah, and I think my dad's a classic baby boomer, and I'm a, I'm a millennial, you know, as they call it. Um, so you know, we do see the world a little bit differently, and and just as culture changes, um, I think that just the different perspective on how to, yeah, we've got to execute business, and we've got to, it's about the profit margins and um, and all those things, but it's also about, you know, people don't just come to work because you told them to, or because you're writing a paycheck anymore. They are looking for other things in a place of work um, besides just the pay and so it's seeing that and kind of trying to address some of those issues and creating that that culture and that business that people do want to work for what do you find speaking of that i I have a question for you in just a minute uh, uh, but speaking of that that generational change what are you finding what are they looking for that's different than that paycheck? I, mean, I could make some assumptions, but I'd rather hear you talk about it. Uh, what are they looking for that's different than than just uh, you have a job now and you have benefits and you get vacation now and again? But. Right. I mean, I, I think that the people that we want to attract mm-hmm. to our, our business, I think that they want purpose in their work. So they want to go home and and talk about something they've accomplished or uh, a goal that they're that they're helping the company reach, even if it's a very small part of that. I think they want to be very clear on what they're providing and, and then also that they're appreciated um, and that they are, um, that they're recognized and appreciated and not recognized in this big glamorous way, but um, just that um, I would recognize that they are a valuable part of what we do, you know, because ultimately, you know, there's so many different positions in our company, but every one of them, regardless of their pay or the hours they put in, they're an integral part of getting the job done and getting the pay, getting the check right from the customer so um any of those removed you know we we have we have lack you know so i think that purpose is really huge and then also just the family environment that we've always had i think that's one reason why a lot of company why a lot of uh, employees have have come back to us um, even maybe after they've left because they see in other places that it's much more rigid and much more corporate i'll say and and we're more of a family and, and we you know, and that's to our detriment sometimes, but it also is one of our greatest strengths, I think. So, what are some of those, um, um, some of those nuances, practical, practical things that you found that matter that can um, help people experience what you're describing? Because if what I'm hearing is, and your dad was uh, sort of like Larry the Cable, Larry the Cable guy. Let's just get it done. You know, <laughs> just get get the work done. Um, uh, but what are some of the practical steps that you and the the other leaders have taken to incorporate some of what you're saying into the into the business? Well, yeah, I mean, to, to my dad's credit, like he has always part of the family atmosphere. Um, even before health insurance was even a thing that politicians talked about, 
um, you know, my dad saw what a bad injury could do to somebody uh, if they didn't have good health insurance. And so we've always made it a point in our company to pay for the employee's health insurance 100%. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a great benefit uh, that a lot of people don't do. Um, and uh, it was just something that we saw as valuable. We want to make sure that, that they were taken care of from a medical or a health perspective. Um, now, there's a lot of other things that go along with it, and, and recent things that we've done have been completely to revamp our PTO. I want people to have time off to be able to enjoy their families, to be able to take appointments if they need to, you know, and, and not have such a, um, you know, a, and, and you get it without doing anything, right? So, like, you show up on, on day one, and, and that first year, you're, you're accruing PTO, right? right? Whereas many years ago, it was you had to be here for a year before you got into vacation, or you had to be here, right. you know, and it was very little vacation, you know, so things like that where, you know, we're valuing their time at home and their, their mental health and their uh, family health so that they can be a good employee. Um, right. And then we do a lot of things like family or get togethers. Um, you know, we have a Christmas celebration every year. We give bonuses. A lot of times when, when we really pr- haven't performed, like we should give the bonus that we did, you know, like we, um, so we, we really want to make sure that the employees and their families are taken care of and that they look at Porter Steel as part of their family, you know, and that, that we are invested in, in them and not just the bottom line. Yeah, good, good, good. With your dad, and you know, just what changes have you seen just in, in, in management, uh, management style expectations? Um, what about his, his letting, uh, I have a question, in terms of just his letting go, because from 77 until 2014, that's, that's a long time to be sure. fully immersed. And uh, he's pretty much let go now. And and then a second question is the, the separation between the personal relationships, you know, the holidays. Was it all business or how, how did you do that? Oh, well? I, I can speak to what Cole said. And, and the Thanksgiving buffet line becomes, did you renew that account? <laughs> did you call him back? Is that handled? Yes. Yes, Dad. Uh, yep. uh-huh. During the holidays. It, it, all or, the time. Or the, or the weekends or whatever. Well, probably the biggest challenge I have um, personally, he and I both, is that separation. I mean, whether or not we are co-workers or family, it, it just melds. There's almost no dividing line sometimes. Right. And uh, it, it is very hard. You have to be very deliberate about it. My mother would just look at us and be like, okay, that's enough. You know, but granted, she was in the insurance industry when she worked. That's how they met. So, um, you know, she she understood what we were talking about, which was kind of fun. But it's uh, he. Th- there's been a, a good bit of change um, as far as that transition of letting go. Um, we've had to do things. I mean, technology has changed so much of it. Our big um, challenge from you know when, when when he was running the business to where we are now there's so much electronic communication that the the personal relationship is lost. You know, email and text is efficient, but it's not personable. And, you know, we've had to evolve with the volume and the speed of work and still try to reach back to those those past days and maintain those relationships. Mm-hmm. COVID's been a very, uh, that was a very difficult time for us because we couldn't go see anybody. And that's I mean, insurance is all you're doing is selling paper. I mean, there's no one wants to read what's on it. So you got to have a little something more than that. There's got to be a relationship there that people know you're going to take care of them. And, you know, that was what his generation was always about. Right. And now it's as it's changing, we're we're trying to balance holding on to that with the efficiencies that we have to have. 
Yep, because in your world, you have either a laptop or a workstation, mm-hmm. cell phone, and DocuSign, you're good to go. Yeah. I mean, just from in terms of taking care of the the basic blocking and tackling of taking care of your customers. Correct. On the technical side. But but you have to you have to slow down to to humanize them. You do you do, so, um, but your your producers they get that because that's what they're absolutely that's what they're built for that's what they do that's one of our biggest things now is training as we've as we've moved through one generation to the next basically all of my all of the the employees that I grew up with have retired and we've hired this new generation it's amazing what one what they value how different it is and then what you have to remind them of that you know pick up the phone don't don't send 50 emails just pick up the phone and in five minutes it's over you know right the idea will be explained yes you know the message will be received and and you don't have to waste maybe two days back and forth back and forth and it's it's just generational how they how they want to operate and then yeah what's best i guess yeah it's true that's true that that is, that is very different because you have your dad's age it was signing stacks of forms and you, you literally had to be with people you know yeah to do that and so. to to speak on what uh, cole was talking about earlier with you know valuing your employees and making them appreciate where they work it there, there's a lot to that now work balance is a lot well, work-life balance is, is something that they they really come for um, we've tried very hard to, you know, communicate all those things and make sure we have the best policies, but it's a challenge. Right. It surely is. All right. So, um, I'm going to ask you guys for some, for some personal advice. So, because here's my situation. I'm, I'm the guy in the office that not, not really anymore, but up until three, four years ago, I knew how to do everything in the office. Okay. It's not that what I was doing was good, bad, or otherwise. It's just what I'd learned. You know, you, you learn these default habits that, that get it done, even though they may not be good ones or efficient ones or whatever. It just works. It's like, and uh, and so um, I'm trying to figure out how to let go well. I don't quite have that one mastered. But Stephanie, uh, that works for us, maybe you've seen an email from her. I, d- I don't know. But she's my niece. Okay. She's born in 1980. All right. Um, her dad and my brother has been gone 15 years. I, I've done what I can for her sister and brother. to. Uh, I can't be their dad, but I can be their uncle, right? But now we work together. I hired her four years ago. She's outstanding in the operations role, just checklist, uh, very good at workflow process and compliance and HR and some things like this that she's responsible for. Um, but... She, three years ago, she said to me that you're difficult to work with and difficult to work for. It's like, hmm, okay. Um, and so it's like, all right, I need to take notes, maybe whatever, right? And then a few months ago, she said that there were some things that she was not sharing because I'm her uncle that she, if I was just her boss, she would. It's like, okay. So, you know, they're just this. I think, I give think me some, some of advice. That, give yeah, me some advice here. That was my father was the same way um but he and i had a very open uh channel of communication i mean he uh he knew how to do everything until i started to put the technology in place that he didn't know how or care to know how to work and 
Um, the other side of that is you get into uh, just being open to learning, you know, and, and whether he ever wanted to let go of something, I don't know. It's just, right. I, I just kept pushing and eventually he had to yield. It was right. one of those where we, we kept going and, um, you know, some, what he wanted to keep up with, he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's a challenge. It surely is. Yeah, it is. Any advice for me? That's really tough. Cause I'm on, I'm probably closer to her end of it. Um, I would say that, you know, I, I think my attitude in my life, and I hope I always have it, and I hope people hold me accountable to always have it, is that I always want to learn, and I always want to um, to improve myself, and to not be set on my way is the mm-hmm. only way. Right. Um, and also, I don't want to surround myself with uh, yes men. You know, I want people to tell me when they disagree with me. Uh, so, you know, I think on your from your perspective, I would say that you just need to be open and give her the space to really voice the things that are concerns of hers. And they may be unreasonable. Like they may be things that, that you guys just have to talk through. Um, but they may be some things that kind of open your eyes to some ways you can improve um, or to at least see that the, the perspective of her coming from her generation and her, um, her position that she's in, you know. Because um, I think it's really hard when, when we as leaders, when we – create a situation where people don't think that we're approachable because then you're really dangerous in the fact that you're going to miss a lot of things that could have been brought to your attention but people were afraid to bring them to your attention and so that's one of my biggest concerns is making sure that people always feel like that um that i'm approachable and that also that i listen and that i that i hear them even if i make a decision that's not the one they would have made at least that they see that i that i considered their perspective um and showed some level of empathy for where they're at so that's good. That's good advice from both of you because that's, uh, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's one of those business things. I mean, you, you both have the same experience. Whatever it is we each do on the business side, I'm comfortable doing it, done it for decades. It's whatever, you know, just you know, do this. Uh, but that thing of, of letting go, transitioning responsibilities, uh, listening listening well, I, you know, I still study it, you know. It's, yeah, so thanks for the input. As we wrap up, um, any two or three pieces of ad- pieces of advice to first generation owners who really have a heart for transferring to a second generation, whether it's a family member or not. Just any two or three pieces of advice to first generation owners about what they can do to make that transition easy or simple for the next generation of ownership. Simple and easy is probably not how I'd describe it, but uh, the main thing is that to be very open and honest about about intentions and 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 how the process works because um a lot of businesses that you know you may have the heart to transfer it but financially it may not make sense it may not be you know you you really have to assess who your you know who your uh second generation is and and are they capable um and, and can you make yourself available you know even after the transition to mentor them and continue to help them. I mean, my, my father, I talked to him every day and we still, he's retiring December 31st and he's, he's my sounding board for everything. And cool. so without that, would I be where I am? I ha- probably not. Absolutely not. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's good that you've maintained that relationship through on both the personal business side and, and he's giving you the freedom and flexibility to do what you're, you know, 
to do what you do. That, that is good. That's good. Cool. I would just say that if you are a business owner, um, you know, I really see that as one of your greatest opportunities in life to make an impact in, in the next generations after you and not even looking at necessarily your children, but thinking about your grandchildren and, and, and their children. Um, I think that there's such a, it's such a honor and a, and a legacy that you can create, um, by planning well and, and, and you can't just leave the asset, right? You have to, along with that goes the, the teaching and the, uh, the stewardship and the connecting them, uh, connecting the second generation with the knowledge that they need to succeed going into the future. Uh, you know, I think a lot of businesses in second and third generation fail because it's simply a transfer of assets. And if you look at it that way, I think it's really dangerous because you don't, they don't have the experience that you do. They have different experiences, but not the same ones. And so, um, if you steward it right, it can be such an impactful thing for many, many um, generations to come. And I think that's such a such a great thing. Um, so I would just encourage people to look at that. And then also, you know, any deal that you make or structure that you make, it can't just be good for you. It's got to be good for the for the next generations. And so you have to keep their interests in mind. Um, you are operating from a position of power when, when you're holding the business. But I think that you really have to consider what makes sense for their long-term success and the success of their children and their children uh, and not be um, so focused on just the present day, although there is obviously that, um, that focus. But you've got to look forward. Good, good, good. Guys, thanks so much. I'm here in the studio with uh, Drew Gilbreth of Sutter McClellan Gilbreth Insurance Agency, Cole Porter, Porter Steel. Guys, thanks so much for being with us these last two episodes. I'm Randy Brunson, Centurion Advisor Group, wrapping up this episode of Stewarding Family Wealth on Gwinnett Business Radio X. Thanks, all.